Olim Gehene Bahula Nun Clara Chiriyanova. These are words from a Latin hymn during Holy Week, and they're in reference to the cross of Jesus, and they read in English What was once the conductor to hell is now the clear gate to heaven. Throughout the passion narratives, we encounter things that are not as they seem. They're veiled in mystery. They appear to be one thing at the passion, but after the resurrection, we have a clearer understanding of what was actually going on. For example, the cross is seen as the single greatest instrument of torture to ever exist. And yet after the resurrection, as the hymn I started with points out, it is no longer the instrument of torture. Christ has turned it into the gate, the key to heaven. And I've noticed that this is a common theme in the Passion. From the beginning till the end, there are things going on that we, it seems like one thing, but it's not. It's actually something else. Besides the cross, we can also see what Archbishop Fulton Sheen famously called the unwitting witnesses of the Passion. There were characters within the Passion that were witnessing to the sovereignty of Jesus, and they didn't even know that they were doing it. They were actually mocking him in some instances. And yet God was able to even use these wicked souls to give his son glory. That's the power of the Father. A clear example of this is the agony in the garden. The soldiers come out, they seize Jesus. But before they do that in Gethsemane, they say, Jesus walks out to them in John's Gospel and says, Who are you looking for? He's not hiding. He walks right out to meet him. Who are you looking for? What do you want? At the end of Jesus' ministry, he has given everything he could give. He has preached his truth. And at the end, he asks one final question to humanity. Who are you looking for? Not just those soldiers, but all of us. And they answer spot on. Jesus, the Nazarene. The first words that Jesus utters in John's gospel are to Andrew and John as they are following him from a distance. He turns around and he says, what are you looking for? Same question. When James and John realize that it's Jesus that is what they're looking for, they leave everything and follow him. Again, at the end of John's gospel, Jesus asks the very same question. How correct those soldiers were and they didn't even know it. They were manifesting to the world that the longing of every human heart is Jesus Christ. In the end, that's who we're looking for. Later we hear Pontius Pilate asking the crowd, who do you want me to release to you? Jesus or Barabbas? I don't know if you know this, but Barabbas, his name comes from two Hebrew words. Bar. Abba, son of the father. And so when the crowd says, no, not that one, we want the son of the father. 
how truly they are speaking. What they really want is the Son of the Father, but they don't want Jesus because they don't want that way. Don't show us that that's the Son of the Father. We're not going to follow that. We don't want to suffer. We don't want to sacrifice. And we don't want to die. What we want is the rebel. The rebellious Son of the Father. Give, him, give that one to us. For our rebellious hearts. And yet, they were speaking truth. They wanted the Son of the Father. But they chose the wrong one. Just because his way was too difficult. And so they settled for a counterfeit. What do you and I want? We want the Son of the Father. We long for the true Son of the Father so that we can be sons and daughters of the Father. That relationship alone is what will bring peace. But we settle for counterfeits. Our rebellious hearts side with Barabbas again and again and again. Because we don't want to suffer and sacrifice to be true children of the Father. And finally, Pontius Pilate himself, perhaps most shockingly, he brings out Jesus. And without even knowing it, he bears witness to the sovereignty of Christ. It says, after he was scourged and crowned with thorns, they put a purple cloak upon him, and Pilate brought him out and seated him on the judgment bench. One more mockery. One more way to make fun of Jesus. But in doing it, on seating him on the bench, he is enthroning Jesus as the judge of the nations. And he doesn't even know what he's doing. And what does Pilate then cry out? Behold your king. He unwittingly bears witness to the absolute sovereignty of Jesus. Pontius Pilate, that unscrupulous man, that coward, that gutless tyrant, bears witness to the kingship of Jesus. How true this would be, and Pilate had no idea what he was doing. It was a joke. It was a mockery. He was making fun of God for his own glory. Imagine the shock Pilate had Easter morning when he woke up to the empty tomb and realized that in all that mockery, all that false worldly power that he thought he possessed, he was setting up Jesus to be the king. He was so arrogant that he even put it above him on the titular plate of the cross. Jesus of Nazareth, King of the Jews. If Jesus, you guys, I want you to think about this long and hard. If Jesus can do this against his enemies who hated him, who murdered him, and the whole time it was happening, everybody thought that he was losing he was failing. If he can do that in his own passion, do you think that he can't do it now in the modern day and age? With the hell that we are up against right now. I don't know if you saw the newest video, music video that was just released. A rapper who 
in the video falls from grace. He plays the, that he's Adam. And he's seduced by the devil. And he falls into hell. And in hell he meets Satan. He has gay relations with Satan. Then he steals Satan's crown and puts it on his own head and enthrones himself as the prince of darkness. This same man just announced his new Nike shoe line called Satan Shoes. Complete with a pentagram right on the front of him. And on the side of the box it says, Each individual pair of shoes made with one drop of human blood. Mockery on mockery. The devil's not even hiding anymore. He's on full display, just as he was on full display in the Passion. And what is our job? What is our job? Our job is to do what Peter did. Not deny him. God knows we've done that enough. But rather to fall to our knees in tears and repentance for ourselves and for our world and return to the merciful Savior. He will accomplish what he needs to accomplish through us. Don't forget those apostles went from huddled in a corner afraid of everyone to front and center battle with the world. At the end, and when we realized that everything wasn't as it seemed, which side will you be standing on? Are you looking at the world right now and saying, Jesus is lost, Christianity's done, this is a failure, people leaving the church, Christendom's dead. You know what? They were saying those same things the day of the crucifixion. And the only one that stood there was Our Lady. His mom was the only one who believed him. And she stood and watched with a heart full of faith. What's your heart full of right now? Faith, hope, love, or despair? You will be standing on the side of Christ or the side of the world. At the end of all things, I pray that you choose wisely. Because Jesus has and always will have the final say.